Well, what would a service at New Hope be if I didn't teach you a couple Hebrew words? <laughs> it's considered a Christmas gift to me, okay? My um, friends have said in the first service that there is a little too much sparkle in my eye when I talk about these Hebrew words, but before the guys put the definitions up on the screen, I want you to learn these two words with me, and I would like you to say them along. The first word is kadash, and the last word is mikvah. So say this with me, kadash, mikvah. Okay, so let's say it together, kadash, mikvah, kadash, mikvah. And it has a specific definition I want you to learn. So let's look at the first one. Let's look at the word kadash. It's Hebrew, and it means new or a fresh new thing. Now let's look at the definition for the word mikvah. Something waited for with confidence and abiding expectancy. The thing that I long for. Kadash Mikvah, new hope. Kadash Mikvah, new hope. If we step back to the period of time in the first century, we would find a group of individuals who have the same longing that we have. Something new, fresh with an expectancy that it's going to be something that we've been longing for. On a night like this, on Christmas night, I would bet if you went out on the sidewalks and found various individuals and said to them, what would you like for Christmas? In the case of children, they'd tell you instantly, they know, they got their top 10 list of what they want. But most adults would step back and say, um... I don't know. Um, my daughter asked me, and I said, new wool socks. She said, oh, Dad, that is so boring. You know what adults really are longing for underneath if they would have a conversation with you about that? Restoration, joy, peace. A silent night of sleep would be great. Stability. You know, all those things that I just mentioned elicit an emotional response within us, something that we're longing for. But you note that there's no material good that you can attach to any one of those responses. You can't find any material thing that can give it to you. It's found in one source alone. So if you step back to the first century, you find individuals with wise eyes who were looking for kadash mikvah, but you find the common person in the everyday world was looking for the things we're looking for. As a matter of fact, if you went back to the first century world and you opened up a newspaper like our Lansing State Journal, you'd find headlines much like ours today. Grain ships dock in Tarshish to unload. Riots in Rome end. GM unveils a new line of chariots. Angels sighted in Judea. Well, that one you wouldn't find today, would you? That was a one-time experience for the first century when God burst forth in the midst of a people because we were struggling. Struggling with what? There was a lost sense of connection with the Creator. As a result of the fall of man, 
sin entered the world. And God had to send a redeemer. This longing, this sense of there's something that's got to set things right, this kadash mikvah, can only be found in one source. So I'm going to ask you to step back with me mentally to the first century. If you were standing in Jerusalem in the first century, you would only be there for one of two reasons if it wasn't your hometown. If you didn't live in Jerusalem, you came there either to deal with Rome to do business with the empire that Herod had control over, or you came because you were a devout Jew and you were going to the temple and you were there to worship. We find such an occurrence taking place in Matthew chapter 2 because we just read it on the screen. Michael led us through a period of time in which we celebrate the birth of the king. But on the eighth day after his birth, then Joseph gave him the name Yehoshua, Yeshua, our salvation. Salvation is found in Yehovah. That's what his name actually means. So on the eighth day, they named him. And on the 40th day, they left Bethlehem and went to Jerusalem where the temple was. Look at this first verse up on the screen. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 22, or Luke chapter 2 and verse 22. They brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. They're giving God back to God. Isn't that cool? These parents are so simple and so humble. They're doing exactly what they were supposed to do by the law. They're giving God back to God at the temple, but they're there to offer a sacrifice. Why? Every young couple who had had a child had to come to the temple to offer a lamb as a sacrifice. But in the case in which they're very, very poor, they were allowed to substitute the lamb for two pigeons. And that's what you find in the story in Luke chapter 2. Mary's offering two pigeons as a sacrifice. That's all they have. Look at 2.24 up on the screen. And to offer a sacrifice for her purification. Now, as they step into the temple, they encounter someone who has Kadash Mikvah in his heart. He's been waiting for years to see this child come into the temple. I'm going to teach you another word. We're only going to give you four words tonight, but here's the next one, so just indulge me. The word is prosdakomai, and it's a Greek word. Look at the definition for it. It means to await with confidence or with patience. So look at this next verse now with that in mind, Luke 2.25. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout. He was prosdekomai, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. What in the world is the consolation of Israel? Well, there's a couple verses that will help us to understand it. The first one is from Jeremiah 14.8. O hope of Israel, its Savior in time of distress. O mikvah of Israel, its Savior in time of distress. He's looking for hope. Look at the next reference, Mark 15, 43. Joseph of Arimathea came, a prominent member of the council who himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. This is referring to the time after Jesus' crucifixion. So we have these godly individuals who are waiting, who are full of 
Kadash Mikvah for the salvation of God. And this aged man, we're told Simeon, tradition says he's somewhere around 113 years of age. That's just tradition. We don't know if he's really that old, but he's a godly aged man. And he sees something that is so amazing to him, his aged eyes cast vision and he sees with wise eyes. Look at this next verse, verse 26. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. How many times had this old man come into the temple looking for Kadash Mikvah? Where is my new hope? And this time he came in exactly when the parents showed up. Verse 32 says something very unusual, but first look at verse 27. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, now think about this. This is the first time in hundreds of years when God's presence has re-entered the temple. When I read that, I had to stop and think, was this like the moment when Solomon dedicated the temple? Did the cloud and the glory of God want to fill the whole room? Did the temple pillars want to shake because God's presence had re-entered the temple again? This is an amazing moment. I can only imagine what the angels were thinking as they're looking down at this. God foreordained that this simple, humble couple would carry God in their arms back into his own sanctuary. And they're giving God back to God, the Redeemer who would redeem us. They were presenting him. And on this very day, Simeon enters the room at the same time. Look at verse 28. Then he took him into his arms and blessed God. He did just what you just did. He praised God. He blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. And look at what his wise eyes saw. For my eyes have seen your salvation. He used his own name right there. For my eyes have seen your Yahshua, your salvation, Jesus' own name, which you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples. So immediately recognizing this child, through supernatural eyes, he walked over to these unsuspecting parents, very simple young people, and scooped the baby right out of their arms and held him up as a present to God. God, you're showing me your Yahashua. My eyes, my wise eyes have seen your revelation. Look at verse 32. A light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Now understand, this is something very unique for a devout Jew to stand in a Jewish temple and begin talking about Gentiles was not common. And in this setting, he begins to say something that's amazing to the parents. Look at verse 33 on the screen. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. You see, up till this point, Mary and Joseph had been told by the angels that Jesus would be the Messiah. 
But the Messiah that was expected was to deliver Israel. For him to be for the whole world was unknown to them. And this is an amazing fact that's been revealed. Now, I expect that this probably took place in the court of women. Women were not allowed to go into the holier sanctuary where the court of men was at. They had to stay outside. And so Mary's with them, and something very interesting happens. There's a woman there who is also Kadash Mikvah, just like Simeon, and her name is Anna. And Anna sees this baby at the same time, and she rushes over and looks at him and realizes what's right in front of her. Look at this verse up on the screen, verse 38. At that very moment, she, Anna, came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him to all those who were prosdecomai, who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Here's the last word I promise that I'm going to teach you tonight, okay? The word redemption. I want you to see the definition for it. Lutrosis, and it means a ransoming to be redeemed, a redemption price. She was very specific about the word that she used. All who were looking, prosdecomai, for the redemption of Israel. If you're paying a ransom, let's say a child's been kidnapped, and the kidnappers have the child, and they're asking for a ransom to be paid. They're looking for a specific amount. They're looking for something for you to be able to buy back that precious thing to you. That's the word luchosis. Specifically, we had been stolen from God because sin entered the world. And Jesus, our Yahshua, was the price to be paid to buy us back. That's the good news to all the world that Simeon was speaking of. That we could once again have a restored relationship with the creator of the universe. No wonder Mary and Joseph were amazed and that Anna was running around the temple saying, listen to me, Yahshua is here. Because Jesus came for a purpose, that we could have life again and have it to the full through relationship with Jesus Christ. He said it himself in John 10.10. See it on the screen. I have come that they have, may have life and have it to the full. Purpose has once again been restored. An opportunity to have relationship with the King of Kings. In the last couple weeks, while I have watched what has unfolded in Washington, it has made me realize once again I am so glad my hope is not in man, but in the King of Kings. Aren't you glad your hope is in Jesus Christ? Aren't you glad your hope is in Jesus Christ? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's an amazing, amazing deliverance that he gives us. Because of this, tomorrow, you're going to wake up at some point and you'll open gifts unless you do it tonight. But throughout today, you'll open up a newspaper or you'll turn on the radio or you'll turn on the television just to see what's going on in the world, just to see the headlines. And you know what you're going to see? Headlines like they saw in the first century. There will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be financial instability. 
There will be chaos. But the difference now is we have a relationship with a returning king who will one day set everything right. And in the moment when you see the chaos, you will long for the return of the king. That's our expectation, our hope, the Yahashua. Because why? We have Kadash Mikvah. We have Kadash Mikvah. Say it with me one last time. We have Kadash Mikvah. He's given us new hope. It's a tremendous gift. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for this privilege that we can be together here and learn just in these brief moments what you brought us. Through the song and through the study of your word, we celebrate what you did for us 2,000 years ago, not just at the birth of this child, but at the death of the child and the resurrection, who was a man who brought us back to you. Father, for those in this room who belong to you, we have great reason to rejoice. For those who are not quite so sure, Father, I ask that you use this moment to work on their hearts, that you would speak to them so that they might know Kadash Mikvah, Father, that they might have new hope. God, we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.